hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. Today we're going to talk about how to maximize social media to increase your personal brand and the value of that. In the show today, we're going to cover six different tips to use on three different social media platforms. However, if you go to our show notes page, you'll, you can act, get access to a free downloadable of a total of 15 tips to maximize your social media presence and to expedite your growth. All right, so let's get into the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in-crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink on queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... Grab a glass of wine because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. All right, welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. As you know that uh, you, as a reader of our blog, John and I are encouraging our community to step up and step out. And one of the ways that we're encouraging people to do that is to have a stronger voice in our community. We have observed recently that, um, that we're the kind of people, and we're assuming that you are as well, the kind of people that like to have a conversation with someone who is positive and uplifting, has good stories to tell, versus someone who is maybe negative or complains a lot or dwells on... Uh, how things are not going so well for themselves. And what John and I have noticed is that in our community and in media, especially around our community, it seems like we're missing those positive, uplifting, and strong voices that are telling us all of the great things that are happening that are going on for our community. And we want you to join in with us in being a part of that voice that grows stronger and talks more about all of the good things that we can have done and are doing in our community. So one of the ways that we wanted to discuss a little bit more about that was having that strong voice when it comes to your business. Uh, We've encouraged people to start blogging more. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would like to see more gay bloggers out there. We know that there are some parent uh, gay parent blogs. There are uh, a couple of gay finance blogs. Uh, There are A lot of other blogs out there that have unique niches within the larger LGBT space, and we want even more, uh, especially those ones that are talking about this positive and uplifting message that our community has and can uh, can share. Yeah, exactly. And you don't necessarily even need... We want more bloggers, of course, more gay bloggers, but the direction that this new economy is going, the gig economy is going... It's um, each person is becoming their own brand, and predominantly that brand is being seen on social media. And so, if you want to, even if you don't want to be a, a a gay blogger, if if you want to um, uh, have a louder, stronger voice, if you want to increase your equity, if you want to help improve the LGBT community, uh, you need to manage your brand. 
and social media is, is a primary platform to do that, whether you're a blogger or not. Right. I think that you know we can look at some of our friends in Denver. Uh, we have friends who are real estate agents. Uh, we have friends who are lawyers and doctors. Uh, we also have friends who um, don't necessarily have their own business, but are making strides within the companies that they work to share a stronger positive message. And these individuals too can develop their own personal brand. I think of one in person in, uh, in particular, um, now she's not a friend of ours here in Denver, but Dorinda Walker is the VP of uh, Diversity and Inclusion for Prudential. And she herself has become an influencer in that space on Twitter. And she is encouraging a stronger positive message but she also still represents her company, Prudential. So if even if you don't have a business, there's still a reason why might why you might want to grow a stronger personal brand. Right. So Dorinda Walker uses her platform that she's built um, to speak more strongly about women's issues, about diversity and inclusion inclusion issues, not necessarily as a representative of Prudential, but as Dorinda Walker. And I'm not suggesting that Dorinda's going to go anywhere, but she has now this equity that she can take anywhere that she wants. Right. And this is the opportunity that, that anybody has, regardless of whether you have your own business or not. You can create this equity in, that, in whatever uh, market or industry you're in and then use that equity to command a higher salary, command a better position, uh, you know, go wherever you want to go with your career. And that's part of what our message is in, in telling people to step out is become very vocal and recognized and be considered a leader in your industry because the more that you can show the value that you add to your industry, the more that you can show the value that you add to society beyond just being LGBTQ, uh, the more people will see us for more than just being LGBTQ uh, and the better, more influence we can have uh, in everybody's equal rights. Exactly. So, so the question then probably comes to mind, what do I do? How do I grow my brand? How, to become, how do I become stronger uh, and um, more prominent when it comes to social media? And one of the things that John and I were talking about earlier when we were discussing the podcast was social media, it's so easy for social media to become a trap. Mm -hmm. uh, we oftentimes will ask each other, so what are you doing? <laughs> because we know <laughs> it's that- It's very obvious, I'm just <laughs> scrolling through Facebook or Twitter and it's not really productive. <laughs> exactly, so it's oft oftentimes uh, social media can become a trap, but it can also be a great tool. And so that's really what we wanna encourage here is that you're looking at it as a tool. Uh, and we think that there are, as a beginner, there are three great tools or platforms that you can use uh, that can help grow your personal brand or grow your business brand. And so we wanted to discuss those just a little bit today. It's kind of a kick kickoff or a, a kickstarter for you if you're getting started or if you've been um, maybe working for a while in, on your personal brand. There, there are some tips and tricks here in the show today that will allow you to take it up a notch. And just to let everybody know, um, I have a couple caveats. Uh, we're choosing three to help people get started. There are obviously numerous platforms to choose from, but you can't become uh, amazing on every platform, especially when you start out. There's, there's a lot of disco balls to chase. So these <laughs> are just the three that we think are, are the good ones to start out on. Somebody might argue that you know, we, that an alternative might be better, and, and we, you know, we're not 
here to get into a discussion about that. We're just trying to come up with three that we think would be the, the easiest and most efficient for somebody to build a platform. But also, uh, at the end of the show, we'll detail it mo much more quickly, but we have a free downloadable that you can access um, through the show notes of this show on DeafreeGuys.com or the Queer Money page uh, that you can download to help uh, execute on these strategies. Right. So we have 15 tools, or I'm sorry, 15 tips to use with these three tools, these three social platforms, so that you can grow an audience and present yourself better. Right. I think that's kind of the, the real goal here. Yep. So, um, so the first thing we're going to start off with, our recommendation to get started is to use primarily Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we'll talk about each one of those here now. Right. So the a lot a lot of people think that. Twitter is a dying platform. No. <laughs> and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that as a business, their growth has leveled off a little bit and their income is not um, keeping up with, uh, with, say, for example, Facebook or, uh, or Instagram. Well, actually, Instagram, Instagram is now, now <laughs> part of Facebook. Do. Right. But so their, their revenue is not. But the, the thing is that um, those of us who use Twitter realize is that Twitter is still a very valuable tool. So the, some of the negative news out there is more around the business itself, not necessarily around the tool itself. Right. You were listening to a podcast, and I, we can't credit it because I can't remember, uh, but it's definitely, certainly not our information, um, where the guest said that when you watch the news at night, nobody's the news isn't reporting what people post on Facebook or Instagram. Right. They're posting comments of what everyday people say and whatever uh, celebrities and, and, and business leaders say on Twitter. So it's still a major platform. Twitter, the company, just needs to figure out how to better monetize that. But it's still a, a huge platform that people are using in, in the media. And all different entities are still, to, still um, relying on it. Right. So that's why we call out Twitter as the a great way to connect with other influencers and businesses that are appropriate for your brand. So, for example, if you're looking to connect with other individuals who are bloggers, like John and I do, we try to connect with other individuals who are bloggers, not only in the personal finance space, but also in the LGBT space. So that's one of the things we're going to be looking for. Is when we're going out there, we're going to be try to try to find people there. And I would argue that our number one, the number one value we've gotten from Twitter is the business relationships it's helped us create, um, such as... Prudential and Mass Mutual and a couple other different major platforms. I don't know that we would have had the easy, I don't want to say it's easy, I don't know that the accessibility would have been as easy going another route. And that's, and, and Twitter gave us that exposure. Yeah. For example, uh, I'm going to go back to Dorinda. Dorinda Walker, she is out there on Twitter and she is a VP of Prudential. If you were to call up Prudential, it would be probably very difficult for you to get a hold of someone who was at that level. But individuals put themselves out, out there on Twitter as representatives of themselves and their brand and their companies. And it's a great way to find those individuals because oftentimes what they're saying, and you'll see this oftentimes on their profiles, they will say that my views and comments are my own. They don't necessarily represent their company when they're saying some of the things that they're saying, but they also speak with a voice understanding that people will see that they are a representative of, of that particular company. Exactly. But it, 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 it levels the playing field with a lot of people. 
Right. You can get engagement and you can, st- you can talk to people who may be steps well above where you're at currently, but allow you to have a conversation with them. Right. So, so if somebody, a leader or an influencer in an industry, posts a comment or shares an article on their Twitter feed and you share it or comment on it, uh, either positively or you post a question or you answer a question that an influencer has asked, that, you know, you could just be starting out blogging and have one follower on Twitter yourself, but you can automatically establish a rapport with somebody who is seemingly much further ahead in, in their career or in their social media career as you might be. Um, I think also for this audience, I think it'd be interesting to share. Um, we've had some very influential people follow us on Twitter, which we certainly never would have gotten their attention any other way, such as um, Tay Diggs was no, <laughs> was no small follower, um, but uh, comedian Margaret Cho followed us as well, which has been great. Um, John Cena, the um, uh, wrestler now, I don't know, he's all sorts of, he's got a reality TV. reality TV show going on. So now we're getting exposure to these kind of individuals, uh, and we only have 8,000 plus followers, but they somehow or another are interested or have seen what we're doing and are engaged enough to at least follow us. Now, we haven't actually executed on any kind of building a relationship with those people, but the potential is there if and when we're ready to do it and can figure out the appropriate way to do it. Exactly. So how do you use Twitter? Let's jump into a couple of things that you can do to use Twitter. So the first one I would suggest is, of course, establish your Twitter account and uh, you want to set up a profile that is appropriate to you and your brand. So if it's you as an individual, make sure that the, the images are of you. If it is of your company, you want to make sure you have your company's logo and your tagline or your uh, 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 mantra listed there showing who you are. And in your, um, in your profile verbiage, make sure you use words that are engaging and are attractive to what your purpose is. Uh, so for example, if you're a real estate agent that specializes in mid-century modern architecture or modern architecture, make sure you include that kind of information so that you're actually seeing, your audience is going to see this is what you do, you're, you specialize in. Now, let's jump into this whole idea of how do you grow your brand on Twitter. There's a tool out there called Crowdfire. We'll link to this tool, but it's uh, a tool that's available both in uh, a web version on your computer, but also you can download it to your phone. It's free. And, well, there are actually step back. There are uh, paid versions and free versions of the of the software. Go ahead and use the uh, the free version. But one of the features that's in that that tool, Crowdfire, allows you to follow people around a specific keyword or hashtag. So you can go in and it's called keyword sorry, keyword follow tool. Yeah, so the in the, the keyword follow tool, go ahead and enter in a keyword or a hashtag which will then allow you to see other followers that are using that same keyword or hashtag. It then you, what you'll want to do is look at their profiles See if it's someone you, someone you truly do want to follow and start following them. And then you can start to engage with those individuals. Comment on what they're uh, posting. Maybe uh, retweet their, uh, their content from time to time. You start to engage with these individuals and they start to see you as a peer. 
Absolutely. Do it. Do it authentically, though. Don't do it strategically, or don't you know, don't try to be cold and callous about it. Just engage in an authentic way, and I think that that resonates with people. And this is a great way to. I mean, you can go onto a, a standard Twitter feed and just be kind of lost in in data and information, and that's how Crowdfire can help provide you some focus. And very often, when you follow people, they will follow you back. Right. And so that's that's a great way for you to help start. To help you start to increase your followers and thereby increase your, your brand. Right. And that kind of leads into the second point here with Twitter. Twitter is a platform for influencers to engage with each other. So you want to make sure that you're having carry on, carrying on conversations and that you're uh, engaging with individuals so that they see you as a real person on Twitter and not just an account or a bot that is just feeding information out. Right. And to that point, if they're, you know, David mentioned that you can uh, put your personal picture on your profile or you can use your brand picture. If there's any way to use a, a human's picture, use your picture on your profile, I would argue that that's probably best because there are a lot of companies and bots out there um, and it's hard to, to, to engage with that when you're just looking at a brand logo. Um, but if you've got um, a personal picture, it's a little bit more engaging and, and can seem a little bit more genuine or authentic. Right. They can put a face with the comment that's being made. Right. And so if you go to you know, Dead Free Guy's profile on Twitter, it's David and I standing there in, in a picture with David's arm around me. And so we try to make it a little bit more engaging. And that seems to resonate, especially with um, our gay male followers. Right. All right. So that was Twitter. Those two tips were from Twitter, so remember to get over and download our uh, tip uh, download tip sheet that's on the show notes page. There's a total of 15 tips there. It will allow you to really blow up your Twitter, Twitter presence. All right, so we move on to the next platform. Dum -da -dum. <laughs> All right, so the next one is, is Facebook. Facebook, I never even heard of that. Right. What is that? <laughs> so why is Facebook uh, a platform that we would suggest people to use? Well, so we've done a lot of research. Uh, obviously, we're gay men who are targeting predominantly other gay men about personal finance. And though we're happy to help anybody that we can, you can't serve everyone. You have to have an avatar or a, or a particular person that you're trying to serve so you can create appropriate content. And we found that other than, say, Grindr or Scruff, gay men are predominantly on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, there are other platforms out there and there are more popular platforms out there, but by and large, gay men seem to be on Facebook. So that's, that's why we use Facebook for the most part. Um, yeah, so it, it really is a uh, place where you can find your audience. And for, for example, for us, we, this is where we found an audience that is not only gay men, but also an audience that is interested in personal finance, mm -hmm. who are interested in, in uh, making uh, progress in their financial path in life. Right. And you know, Facebook right now is the leader in social media. Um, Google is the leader in finding in, in, in search engines. Facebook is the leader in social media. So it, it's it, it's a good place to invest your time because you're probably going to get the most bang for your buck. So our advice for you know for Facebook, you probably already have a personal profile on Facebook, and David and I each have our own personal profiles, but we also have our Debt Free Guys business page. We have some friends in the LGBT space who are individual bloggers, and they have their personal profile, such as our friend Stephanie O'Connell. She has her personal profile that she allows her friends and family to follow her on. But then she also has her Stephanie O'Connell 
professional profile. And we would strongly urge you if you if possible for you to create a business page using your real name. As we said in the new gig economy, we think it's important for everyone to start to realize that they are their own brand. And the best way to brand yourself is to use your name as your brand. So my niece just started, our niece just started her own blog. And she, uh, we encouraged her and she did create a blog called MackenzieFeely.com. And that's the crux of all of her social media that she's establishing right now is her name, Mackenzie Feely, as a, as a brand. So we would strongly urge you to do that. And then, of course, from your Facebook, from your brand Facebook feed, you can start to share content that you create as well as post other useful content for the people uh, who come to your brand or come to your page who are looking for a certain kind of information. So if you are a, a food a foodie, if you're a chef or you, you like to write about food or whatever, you can share um, your own content that you create, your own reviews of restaurants or, or, or food that you create, but you can also share that of other people such as Emeril Lagasse and uh, other, other, other experts in your niche. Right. One of the things that a Facebook business page becomes is a almost a site where you're cur- curating content that it would appeal to your audience. So one of the things that we encourage people to do is instead of just pitching yourself, pitch your services. Tell people why or um, who you are. I'm going to go back to this whole idea of uh, being a real estate agent and specializing in mid-century modern or modern architecture. If I'm a real estate agent and I just continue to put out there, here's my phone number, I'm a real estate agent. Here's my phone number. I'm a real estate agent. Here's my phone number. I'm a real estate agent in the Denver area. It's going to become something that people start to quickly glance over. They won't necessarily engage with that. But if you're writing content or you're sharing content that's specific to the niche that you have, mid-century modern or modern architecture, you're going to start to draw in an audience that focuses on that kind of, uh, of content. And then you can show that you're an an expert in that particular area and it will engender you to this particular audience. And then you can, they will be, they they will automatically think of you when it comes to uh, wanting to purchase a home or sell a home that's in that modern or mid-century modern space. Right. So you could... You could write content about your niche on your blog and then share it on Facebook. But you can also, when, say, for example, there's an interesting article on Dwell, you can share that on your Facebook feed. You can also post pictures of modern houses that are cool or that re- were recently sold and share how much they were sold for. Uh, so there's a, there's a bunch of information. And there's you know, other magazines and other platforms that you can, you can share um, that way. Because I think people, to your example, people are have gotten a lot of are more savvy today and we, we we've become we've figured out how to block out we're being marketed to so much we figured out how to block out so much of the marketing that's being pushed to us and so if you just have a picture of yourself and say I'm a real estate agent call this number people aren't really going to engage with that but if you're able to show the value that you have if you're if you're positioning yourself as the real estate agent for cool people looking to find awesome mid-century modern houses, and that's the kind of content that you create, you curate on your Facebook feed, then those kinds of people who are looking for those kind of homes will, as you said, be engendered to the content that you create. Right. And one of the best ways that John and I think right now to use Facebook is to use Facebook Live. 
Now, I know Absolutely. that probably scares a number of you when you think of this whole idea of pulling up your camera, hitting it, and talking to people. Go and spend some, a little bit of time. You can look at our feed, but go and spend a little bit of time and see what other people are doing when it comes to Facebook Live. The vast majority of, majority of it is not professionally shot. And there's a little bit of a um, uh, draw to individuals who are being genuine and honest. So I'm going to, again, go back to this real estate agent analogy that we're using. If you're trying to sell a home, why not... When the house is, is empty, there's no one else there, just hit live on your phone, your Facebook feed, and walk around the house and show people what's going on there. Um, Facebook Lives also don't necessarily need to be long. We've seen some that are as short as one to two minutes and all the way up to uh, you know, an over an hour long. So there's this wide range of what you can do. What we do suggest that, that you do, though, is just take a little bit of time beforehand to think about what you want to say and then don't worry about how you say it. Just get out there, be you, show your face, and it will attract people to your feed. And one of the things that we also know is a reality is that Facebook is promoting the Facebook Live feeds. So they're going to push that a higher up in their algorithm than say, for example, a video post, or a post of just a picture, or a post of just verbiage. That actually is probably the one that is the least visible today are the posts that are just a verbiage. Yeah, that's why people, when you go into your Facebook feed, it seems like it's video after video after video because that's what Facebook wants to promote. And so sync your goals with Facebook's goals and you'll be able to maximize your reach. I think to David's point about the keeping it authentic and not having a professional video, again, speaks to the point that a lot of us are getting um, good at scrolling right past something that looks a little bit fabricated or, or, or um, glossy glossy um, because it very there's a very good chance that it is an advertisement but if you're just um, you know an average real estate agent in a home uh, making a kind of a rustic looking video people will seem to gravitate towards that a little bit more and so don't yeah like, like David said don't get all caught up in um, it's not perfect or I screwed up a sentence I mean if you look at some of the content even today that we create it's sometimes you know there's mess there's mess ups but that's fine people actually like that I mean yeah. why does everybody love it when the SNL staff starts to laugh <laughs> during a skit right. because they're they're human too and you're they're they're showing that and you're and they're laughing at the same jokes that you're laughing at it's just fun for everybody so screw up and laugh at yourself and but continue to, to, to do your pitch Okay, so those, those are our tips for Facebook. Don't forget to go to our show notes page where you can get the free downloadable tip sheet of 15 tips to maximize your social media. So, a little bit more on getting real and being yourself. We're going to jump to our third platform, and that is... Instagram. Right. So Instagram, if you're not familiar with it, I think most people are. It's kind of, actually kind of funny. I was standing in line uh, last uh, yesterday. John and I were at a... Um, a jazz festival here in Denver and I was standing in line to go to the bathroom and there was a long line of people and I just glanced down the line <laughs> and the two guys who were in line both in front of me were on their phones and both of them were on Instagram and they were looking at the pictures of other people whatever other people were posting on Instagram so Instagram is really the platform for pictures it's a, it's a platform sh for sharing yourself and it's really the platform that you can 
uh, really um, personalize your brand and what it is your brand does or you as an individual do to make you seem more real. I think oftentimes we think of companies, big companies, and being these ivory towers uh, off in the distance and that you know you never really know what goes on behind those doors. Well, that's what Instagram can do for your small business or you as a brand. It can really open up those doors and show people this is what I do. Right. So to add to that, David and I have, in some additional research we've done, we found that the second biggest platform for gay men, in particular those gen X, uh, younger than Gen X, uh, is Instagram. So that's another reason why, why we are suggesting Instagram, typically because we're assuming that you're in a very similar market than, than, than we are. Um, but I think Instagram is, is great. As David said, even if you are behind a brand that has a traditional logo, Nobody wants to see you posting your, your, your brand's logo all the time. But they would like to see what you are doing out in the community for fun or to help people. Um, that kind of humanizes you. And, and when you humanize yourself, that helps increase the value of your brand. And again, that equity that we talked about earlier, such as on Twitter. Exactly. So uh, just want to throw in there, remember that we have a downloadable that's going to provide you with tips on how to use Instagram better. And so we're going to share a couple of those here. One, uh, again, because Instagram is a platform that focuses on sharing images, this is really what you want to focus on. So taking pictures when you're doing activities. If you are with your company and you're at a volunteer activity, or if you're just at, at a volunteer activity on your own, or you're doing a walk or a run or you're hiking, all those kinds of things, taking pictures of that when you're hanging out with your friends, you know, those kinds of things are what personalizes your brand and your image. So those are the kinds of images you want to use. Those are the ones that um, do very well on, uh, on social media, especially Instagram. So we often talk, you know, our, our mantra is live, live debt-free, have fun, and be money conscious. So very often we will post pictures on our Instagram feed that sort of supports that mantra. We're not telling people to live frugally. We're not telling people to stay home and, and, and be hermits to save money. We want you to be conscious about how you spend your money so you can have good quality of life while not losing all the money that you earn. So we'll very often post pictures of we had we had this great deal for two tacos for a dollar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. And we post the tacos or you know we got a two for one drink special and we post pictures of the drinks or us cheersing to the drink. It kind of shows that here we are we are actually authentic. We we are living our mantra and we're showing you in pictures how we're doing that. Exactly. One of the other things that does very well on Instagram are memes. So an image that has some verbiage over it, which this is one of the few platforms that you actually do want to post pictures that has verbiage on it because they're not uh, preventing that uh, right now. So Instagram does really encourage those kinds of memes or those pictures. Uh, so you, using tools, and we do have one in that free downloadable that we can share that uh, we share with you on how to create those memes and share those when they're when it's appropriate. Yeah, it does seem that uh, motivational memes, inspirational memes, do really well. People like to be you know, picked up a little bit. They like to be they like to feel somebody to make them a little bit happier to read a positive quote, and so that's an easy way to engage with an audience. Of if there's a quote that resonates or motivates you. Put that in into the meme making tool that you can down, get access to on our free downloadable, and post it on your Instagram, at, you know, once a week, or get some regularity that you post it, and that's a great way to increase engagement. Right. In, so inspiration and then humor. 
yeah. humor is another one that that really does well. And uh, there's uh, the the ability to take the burst of pictures. A lot of people like to do that. You kind of do the goofy pictures, and you can take that burst of pictures and do a little GIF and put it up there on or GIF, however you say that. <laughs> I think it's officially GIF. Okay. No GIF. Yeah. No, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't think it matters. But anyway, right. um, you know, we talk about money, which is traditionally a more boring topic. So whenever we see anything humorous uh, that's around money, we always try to post that on our social media, uh, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You know, there's that one picture of that girl who opens up her toy wallet and she throws her head back and she falls down on the ground and she starts crying. And it's the verbiage under it says. Um, when you look in your wallet after a night of drinking. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it, it cracks me up because we've all been there, um, and this is just a very humorous you know, example, or you know, I guess an analogy, um, that people love. And so we'll post it on our Facebook feed every now and then, and it gets a lot of engagement. Yeah, exactly. So um, another way to increase your visibility on Instagram, uh, Instagram also uses hashtags. Uh, a trick that we were taught was to, um, because predominantly you're posting on Instagram with your phone, is to save appropriate hashtags for your niche uh, in the notes app of your phone so that all you need to do when you're posting a picture on Instagram is to go into your notes, copy all the hashtags, and paste them into your Instagram posts. Um, and we have like a, I don't know, a dozen or more hashtags that we use, and we obviously don't want to flood people's feeds with hashtags. So if you, when you're commenting on your posts in Instagram, and you hit enter at least three times and then paste your hashtags, then people aren't f don't get a, a full feed of your Instagram hashtags, um, but the hashtags still draw people who are interested in those to your content. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got uh, that, you know, I think that was just, you know, six tips that we've shared of the three different social media uh, strategies that we discussed, but we have uh, numerous other tips that you can get on our, our free downloadable that it will make accessible to um, for you on our show notes page as well as our um, podcast page. Yeah, so get over and download that uh, that uh, download so you can get those other tips. There's a total of 15 tips on how to use these platforms better. So and so in conclusion, we want to remind you <laughs> that uh, social media is a tool and not a trap. You want to make sure that you're using it as a tool so that you can become a leader in our community and in the global community, sharing something that is positive, uplifting, and beneficial. Absolutely. So get out there, become your brand, and have a great week. Bye. Okay, so those are our six tips to maximize Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget we have a free downloadable on the show notes page to get a total of 15 tips to, mas uh, to maximize your social media presence and expedite your growth. Okay, we just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> would help me if I had a personal chef made all my all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. <laughs> the other end I like the butts, so <laughs> yeah. uh. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. 
Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.